Welcome to the Jolf Man podcast. Thank you for taking the time to tune in and listen. I do hope that listening brings you value. I'm Neil Plimmer and I'm the Jolf Man, a name that I have picked up from children and teachers in primary schools. It has stuck and seems to fit reasonably well. I'm the host of this podcast and will regularly share thoughts, ramblings and ideas about golf, sport, play, teaching, coaching, learning and anything else that might pop up into my mind. What a, with a particular focus on children's and families' first experience of golf and sport. Alongside these rambles, I'll be having chats with others to share their thoughts, get different views and perspectives and explore topics in further detail. Joel's mission is to provide positive first experiences in schools and at golf clubs for children and their families so they can play golf independently, enjoy playing together and learn as they play. We aim to give every child in every primary school in England the opportunity to play golf. I do hope that you enjoy the podcast and find value. Please get in touch with your thoughts, comments, feedback and ideas. I'd love to hear from you. Andrew Simmons, welcome to the Jolfman podcast. Thank you for having me, Neil. Um, We go back in lots of different ways, quite a long way in the short term, the medium term and the long term. So it's going to be interesting to get you on, see where you're at, see what you're doing. So for those people that don't know you. Yeah. Um, I'll give a little intro. Yeah. Uh, my name's Andrew Simmons. I'm a PGA professional. Um, but really, my journey has gone from being a full-time coach um, to over the last couple of years, progressing more into academy management um, and uh, and programming and, and, and things like that. Um, I don't know how much detail you want, but uh, well, yeah, talk a lot. Yeah, I'd like, it'd be good to flex that out a little bit because I think, um, you know, from when we met through Jolf and what we were doing with Jolf, and that was at South Books, um, yeah. you know, and now you're heading up an academy program of 10 in the UK. Yeah, nine at the moment. Nine yeah. in the UK. And having had some first-hand experience as well of working at one of those academies and delivering before Christmas, which was thoroughly enjoyable. So, yeah, to flesh that out, I think it'd be really interesting because coaches' journeys and where people have been and where they've got to, and yours is a good one, I think. Yeah, it definitely informs a lot of my opinions as well. I think that's the that tends, tends to be what happens, isn't it? Um my uh, yeah, so I guess when we when I first left the my training from a private members club in uh, Northamptonshire, it, I was very much uh, did not want to spend another hour in the shop. Um, so it was at that point it was full time coaching or um, or nothing really. So um, yeah, from there I went to Northern Ireland and and worked at the Darren Clark Golf School um, for eighteen months, nearly two years. Um, which is a great learning curve from a coaching perspective. I, I had dreams of being, you know, an elite coach and that was a great place. We had about six or seven Walker Cup players come through there. A couple of guys who are on the European tour now. Um, so an awesome place to learn, learn some, from some great coaches and then um, moved back to the to England and uh, went self-employed at South Bucks, which is where we met. Um, just trying, it was really massive learning curve going from you know being in an environment where you've got elite players to 
all of a sudden teaching an absolute beginner and learning how to communicate with them and which is a very obviously very different um and yeah and then building that junior academy which is where um you know Jolf and uh and the first interaction I had with with yourself and Jonathan um really happened um trying to build build a big junior academy there that was that was obviously I was very passionate about junior golf and um and then it uh, it got closed down the facility got closed down I got three months notice um and tried to make my way over to the states because I had this dream of teaching golf in the sun and living in California and you know that that whole thing which uh, turns out it's quite hard to get a visa um <laughs> when you're trying to move to the states and spent a lot of money and time on that and then uh, in the end came back to work um at one of the crown golf facilities at the time when they were um repositioning the the golf pro uh more into what they we call the golf development professional so very much taking them out of the shop which totally aligned with my experiences you know didn't want to be in the shop wanted to be out with customers and members and coaching and engaging with them and we were incentivized for that to help with retention of members and help with uh, recruiting new members um and that's really where the, you know my, my journey more into management came along because it was all about connecting the dots between what the activities the pro was doing and proving the value back to the club um and that's where i met um rob spurrier who's the ceo i guess md of uh of uh orbis golf and um i then moved down to where i am now in hampshire and uh managed to get the contract to run the coaching at uh, a little club called world and golf club near alton um and i've been here now for two years and in this last year um managed to come on board full-time with Orbis and Rob and uh, and we now have uh, nine contracts uh, coaching contracts that we run in the UK and um, we're involved in a project in the US with um, with Club Corp to um, help them join the dots again between and prove the value of the pro um, in terms of impacting their business as a whole um, and rolling out you know good programming coaching programs across all of their facilities as well so it's uh that's where i'm at now yeah very much um it's been a bit of a wild last couple of years really but um but really good learning curve and i know that you've spent uh, a good proportion of lockdown locked in your room having <laughs> meetings writing programs and trying to get ready for the next wave wave of golf not wave of covid yeah yeah get ready for the reopening one week to go now as we speak and uh yeah a lot of um preparation and and uh yeah like you say just writing writing programming and, and stuff so that we can have as bigger impact as possible hopefully i mean yeah. I, we we've connected regularly for 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 a good period through this lockdown and i've really enjoyed i think you're you're like you say your outlook is um probably 360 degrees for a coach rather than just maybe looking at the experience we deliver from a coaching perspective and I know that you've regularly sort of come back to me um, as far as commentary or comments on some of the podcasts and I think it was last week after one of the podcasts you said because you're, you're a podcast listener on your dog walks aren't you yeah that's where I get most of my listening in yeah in the mornings and, and evenings and, and you said about you know really interesting to listen 
um, interesting to maybe consider from a coach's perspective what those first experiences and what golf experiences for children and families look like from an operator's perspective. Um, and then how do we go about making change? Yeah. Because, and it was a really interesting text to consider that, you know, every single coach in the world seems to have spent the last, not every single coach, a lot of coaches considering what are they going to do? How is it going to work? We've done online learning. We've connected. We've chatted on podcasts. We've chatted on Clubhouse. Will anything change? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's definitely the piece that um, for me stood out and purely because of how much work I've been doing over the last year with, you know, owners of golf clubs, uh, general managers, you know, operators, it's, um, it's the piece that has been, I've not heard that part of the conversation on the, on the clubhouse chats and, um, you know, the zoom meetings and things, um, you know, it's coaches are talking some great stuff and, uh, It'd be awesome to think you could, you know, just uh, just get it all going and, and it'll happen just exactly as we've all been chatting about. And, you know, you provide all the perfect experiences and stuff, but it, there's a bit more to it than that in my experience in terms of how we're able to actually, um, yeah, facilitate change at a, at a club, at a facility. Um, and what's, you know, what's the best way to do it? I guess that's going to be the, the proof will be in the pudding over the next few weeks and months and years, I guess, as to, you know, are people able to do that on their own or, yeah, to what to what extent will they be able to do it? Yes. So, if you know, we've, I've always wanted to position this, um, the podcast, children, families first experiences. Mm. And, you know, assuming that coaches will listen in and parents might listen in. But I also know that parents and adult, other parents and adults are listening who might not be golf coaches, you know, may well be um, involved in local football team or, I know a lot of the conversations I've had through this podcast, I've sort of framed around myself and my wife and my children at our local cricket club. Um, So where would, I know we talked briefly before we started, but your thoughts on where do you even start with initiating and facilitating change? Let's say at a golf club level. Yeah. And we've, we've done a fair amount of this over the last year with the, the project we've got going on in the States and for for us, it's got to be about just making sure that everyone's on board with the vision of, you know, of where, where you, if it is, you know, with regards to golf and, and in particular the junior programs we've been rolling out, um, you've got to make sure that everyone's on board with with the vision of what that's going to look like. And because uh, otherwise you'll you'll hit, as we, we spoke about, yeah, roadblocks, you know, you're going to hit a lot of roadblocks very quickly if, um, you know, if the coach is all up for it and, you uh, and everything and then there's a few volunteers that are really keen to help as well but if the like you say if the gm that is not giving any access to the golf course then you're gonna you're gonna struggle you know um so for me it's about yeah just making sure everyone's on board with where you want to go first and then you can set to work on um on really making sure you you've got all the bits in place to make it happen one thing that comes to mind also just before you answered that question was also the fact that maybe considering that not everything always needs to change. Mm. You know, maybe in a lot of instances, well, not a lot of instances, but in a number of instances, there are good things that will be going on that maybe do more of the good as well. Um, I mean, I had this thought last week, something came to my mind around 
you know, what is it around the good old days that we should maybe keep? You know, how often do we speak to people who started playing who they didn't start playing by having lots of organized, structured coaching sessions. They started playing by playing golf. Yeah. Um, and it's like we said before we started, you seem to be not shot down. But if ever you were to utter that, you know, playing golf is the purpose nowadays, it's like, well, no, there's this, there's that, there's the other. Um, so maybe also it's considering well, what what does work mm. and what what are the good things there first, rather than looking at what are the roadblocks. That's one thing from the conversation we had before this that I thought, ah, well, that's that's a it's a really interesting question to ask as well, isn't it? Sure, yeah. I mean, that's I, I remember thinking about that, you know, when listening to it um, before, because my experience was exactly the same when you know when I was learning. It was twelve years old and not holiday and the hotel had a little pitch and putt and I just you know was out there dawn till dusk pretty much just knocking the ball around no formal learning at all it was just do that and then drag my dad down to the local one when we got back home and do that every week and instead of football it was golf every week and then just join the club and I think I was probably two or three years into my golfing life you know with a mid-teens handicap before I actually had a lesson um you know so it's but then things have changed, you know, society and, and stuff and golf clubs and, you know, there's definitely things that we we should keep from from previous experiences. But we're also in a different world now than where we were. And I think it's taken a bit more of, a, of that sort of a global look at, at your, you know, your facility and your your if you're if you are a coach, you know, what experiences you're trying to bring and. If you've got a vision for it, then just make sure that everyone is on board with what you what you're wanting to do and why you're wanting to do it to give you the best chance of implementing it. Um, and then you can make a choice about what you keep and what you bring in that's new or how you frame that experience and things. Um, yeah. So I'm interested then. So I'm going to put you on the spot slightly then. We, we talked about this a little bit again before we started, but. You've got your you've got your academy, you've got your club, everyone's on board. So I'm coming with my child and my family. What's that? What are those first experiences gonna look and sound and feel like? In in a perfect world, let's say absolutely everything there, what's it all gonna look like and feel like and sound like? Yeah. I think I think it does depend on like the facility and, and the obviously the people, but from our perspective, what we've been really trying to get across um, to all the coaches that we've been working with is, you know, first of all, it's the communication that needs to be right. So, you know, is the is the communication that's going out before they've even arrived at the facility? You know, how did they get there? What were the, you know, what were the, whether it was marketing? I mean, you know, what was the um, uh, the trigger for them to actually arrive? And then when they do inquire about coming down, what communications have they had? you know, from, from the team on the ground, be it from, because they might not even get to the coach, right? They might just walk into the pro shop or the club and, and say, oh, we want to, you know, try golf or play golf. And uh, and if if they get a bad response or a bad experience, they might not even reach the coach um, and just yep. turn around and straight back out. So that's where it comes down to, yeah, making sure that everyone's on board with it. And then, you know, we provide basic information and uh, training for for the staff to make sure that they they know where they're going to point the the child or the parent um yeah and and 
it is different at each facility, but we've we've tried to um, standardise some of the uh, experiences that uh, children would have, whether it be through a uh, fun day, you know, and they come along along and they're pointed to, you know, just joining in for two or three hours and it's games and there's some on-course stuff and it's very much just, um, you know, a bit of play. And then, or it might be, you know, a taster session in one of the more structured uh, classes. Um so yeah, obviously it depends depends on what that what the what the kids what the parents are looking for. But um, definitely in terms of when you when they first arrive, communication and uh, and and just everyone knowing what what is available and where to direct them, I guess is the is the key thing. It's interesting you talk about that communication because um, today I sent out a podcast with a friend of ours Neville and I um, who owns a climbing business and he talks about that sort of customer journey I'm sure that their words that you you speaking to all those guys in the states they talk about that sort of customer journey from like you say the trigger points how they're going to get you what they're going to do what it's going to look like when they're there and and they're sort of I, I then framed it as the sort of well so what what now what next and constantly asking well so what what now what next so you've had this enjoyed this experience what are you going to do now what are you going to do next yeah and the more often we the more often that i think we can think about that so that 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 what next is always a seamless experience um always for me it's always been a case of if a child or a family comes for an experience i want them to be able to experience what we provided for them on their own again if they so choose because then they can go and enjoy it for themselves. And the more they can enjoy it for themselves, then the more I think that then that creates that need to come back and get more help if they so want to. Definitely. And the only, you know, that's only going to happen if the club or like we've got things in place that will allow for that to happen, um, mm. which is the bit I think that quite often has been missed. Um, yeah. And I think what's just hit me there and what's really interesting about what you say is you when you talk about everyone being on board you know the general manager the secretary the the, the office person yeah. the the bar staff the pro shop staff the green keepers you know we had a nice conversation about some green keepers a little while back didn't we yeah everybody knowing why we're doing what we do how we're doing what we do and when we're going to do what we do so that there's no surprises and no one's coming like well what's going on here why is that happening exactly yeah because do you find also, and again, this might be slightly off tangent, do you also find sometimes that, because I've found this, and again, that junior golf and family golf is it's paid a little bit of lip service sometimes, I think, in facilities. Um, and I think that's often because it's not necessarily the biggest revenue generator for a golf club. Um, and I also think that obviously the big, well, primarily because the biggest revenue generator is full memberships. People play paying seven day fees. Yeah, but the this is where golf pros generally um do not measure closely enough the impact that a good junior academy can have. And this is like a you know at World and where we've obviously got a great relationship with the owner. It's that's there because I was able to prove that because we grew the junior academy we then got, you know, mum and dad involved. They wanted to learn to play. They joined on the you know, maybe the nine hole membership and now they've upgraded to the full membership and they're down there every week, you know, spending money at the bar and it's it's those bits and again it just comes back to um just understanding and, and 
doing a better job of communicating that back to the owner or back to the back to your GM, um, because then they will be on board with a big junior academy and and you know and the activities that you know a, a good junior program generates. Um, yeah. So um, we've spoken a lot there, and maybe you know this is a bit pointed towards coaches today, and that's fine because you know I think a lot of coaches are going to listen in. Um, and like I said, I mean, even I know my wife listening, not today she's at work, but my my wife listening to, you know, she would probably make this relevant to the cricket mm-hmm. club. And I know there's, you know, we've done a lot of work with that. So um, I think it's some really, really fascinating stuff. And I know you guys have got some products out there that are going to be able to help coaches be able to quantify that and to help them organise the experiences they offer to children and families and, and on also all golfers, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, this is what we've found, like the journey that we've been on. And it's why if I go back right to my first experience at South Bucks, you know, we, I thought we did quite well building up that junior Academy there, but I wasn't able to, um, you know, measure what I wasn't even thinking really about how I could get the parents involved at the club. And, and that could have saved that facility, you know, if it was busier, um, that that might have saved it um so really that's that's now where we put put a lot of emphasis on building the the software that we've got glf locker and creating measuring the numbers um you know so that we can actually prove to to a club to a you know an owner that um that the activities that we are doing are worth a huge amount to them you know um and also then alongside that it's well what about the customer and we've got to make sure that they have an awesome experience and a relevant experience and uh, and then it's trying to provide the coach with tools so that they can you know um provide that to the customer and and like i say it's just always thinking about joining the dots between between all the relevant parties and and making it i think what we're trying to do all the time is just reflect on what how do we make that better how do we make it easier but just make sure it's communicated well to all parts really Mm. yeah and it's a term you've used regularly through through this chat and i know you've heard it before it's that connecting the dots joining the dots and i think it would seem that as you know we we come back to that how do we make change well making change isn't isn't a case of throwing more dots down on the ground it's probably connecting the dots you've already got yeah and if, and if you're gonna add, if you're gonna add an extra dot into your business or an extra dot into the experiences that you offer, you better be able to make sure it's connected with something else. Yes. Um, and and again, just from my perspective, as as I say that and as I listen to what you've said there, we've over the last probably twelve months of lockdown and maybe the last eighteen months of our work with Joel, we've probably moved we've probably moved a lot of dots to mm. one side. Yeah. Um, because I also think that golf coaches and golf professionals, we're good at doing a lot of different things, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. And trying to, and you know, be be all things to everybody. You know, you'll you'll be the same as me. Juniors, we've done parties, we've done camps, we've done weekend coaching, we've done competitions, we do adults, we do this. There's a lot of dots down on the ground mm-hmm. there, isn't there? Definitely. And so maybe also, if there are any coaches listening in. You know, to be able to start joining a few of those dots, maybe you've got a. We use a metaphorical shelf. Put a few dots on the shelf. You know, you're not getting rid of them. Just putting them over there for a little while, and then bring them back out when when the time arises. Yeah. 
Yeah, I do like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna ponder over that one actually uh, after mm. this uh, after this chat finishes. Yeah, and I think it's um, you know there are so many things that that coaches can do, and like you say, we do tend to you know you know, we were talking about it before about jumping onto the next idea and all of a sudden we're down this pathway of you know well previously it was just teaching golf and playing golf right that was that was the, all it was and um the industry as a whole does tend to get hooked on the next idea i find and um like what we've really doubled down on is um it's just the things that have you know have worked and you can create a massive impact if you just do do those bits well so it may not be the perfect you know, we were talking before about you know if it was just one child what would that that experience look like it's not it may not be the perfect experience for every single child but it's it's good enough and because everyone's on board with it you're able to get you know more more people into the game and and, and playing the game and staying in the game um and that's good for everyone um and so long as you yeah keep on reflecting on what you are providing then you know you can you can try and get better but but don't just I guess don't just sack it all off if there's one this new idea that comes along. Otherwise, you'll never get traction. You'll never really, you know, uh, make change as we're discussing. So, yeah, and and I think what I'm hearing loud and clear there is also again looping back to that having that vision, having that purpose, stay, keeping clear with it, getting pe- picking people up on the journey, and making sure everyone's on board with it. And like I said. If, and it's, I think it's something we've done as far as jobs concerned is if we're able to sort of just have a, a couple of dots down on the ground. But if we know that those dots are absolutely joined, then that's got to be a good start. Yeah, really, that's really what good. I like about your play days and, and things for sure. It's, um, you know, it feels like that's, that's yeah, like you say, it's it's, fo- it's a focused attention on that and it's a really good experience. Um, And then, yeah, for, for me, it's about, yeah, all right, well, if you're going to go on to the next stage at the club and and like you were saying about um, do, doing these, you know, playing experiences at the club, it's, uh, well, why would the club, why would the club care or what, you know, how are you going to get their buy-in and, and that sort of side of things would be the, the bit that I think would really, is probably going to be the sticking point, you know. Um, and if you've got, if you've got the club on board, then you'll be onto a winner, I would have thought. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's okay. where I think the industry, you know, because I don't know, this is maybe specific to golf in terms of how pros are then uh, contracted and how they, you know, it's over the last few years, you know, with like retainers being cut and more pros having to go self-employed and uh, and things, then they're less inclined to then actually look for those opportunities to work together with the club, and uh, and as, as we were talking about before, you know, they then just look at what what that coaching is bringing in for them personally in terms of revenue, in terms of, you know, that sort of side of things. And I'm sure it's all, you know, for the best one in the world, it's, it's, they're wanting to do, do good and, you know, get more kids into the game or whatever it is. But if they never link it back to how that looks from, from an operator's perspective, then you're going to come up against something that's going to, going to stop it in its tracks. Um, like I did, you know, like the facility just closed down. So uh, I had a great little little junior academy business going, and uh, and it just uh, just gets shut down on you. So. so, so for maybe those coaches that are listening in, 
you know, the consideration of what their customer journey is going to start like and look like as they go through and then how that, so that's pointed towards the customer and then on the opposite side of it, how that's going to look like relative to the vision and the purpose that they've, that they've agreed with, say, general managers, secretaries or staff at the golf club. And if you've got all those things, all those dots connected, you know, you, it's a good base to build definitely. things on, isn't it? It's the it's definitely where you need to start for sure. Is is getting all of that aligned because then any 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 issue that comes up, everyone's going to be looking for a solution instead of it just being you. You know, so like we said about if you know more opportunities to play, then all of a sudden, well, actually, you know, the GM will put a good word in with with the chairman or the you know the club committee, and all of a sudden, you've got three or four people that could help. You know, and you can train them up to, you know, facilitate a, a playing day or afternoon or, or whatever to to be a great experience for the kids. And, and it all, you know, it all continues to grow instead of just falling on its face because the pro needs to be compensated for that playing session. And the cost all of a sudden goes through the roof and it's no longer viable for the kids or the parents or something, you know. So, um yeah. That's really good, really, really good. I think we've covered some really nice things there. Um, so, if anybody who's listening in wants to know more about Orbis and or GLA Locker, which obviously I know you've got some stuff going out there on social media at the moment, how are people going to find out about it? How are people going to? Find yeah, you? I mean, anything to do with um, GLF is just GLF Locker. Um, so there's new website and stuff. We haven't really started pushing much out. Uh, but it will come over the next month or two. Um, anything for myself, probably Instagram or Facebook, Andrew Simmons um, or Andrew Simmons Golf on uh, on Instagram. That's uh, where I'd probably spend most of my time if I'm on social media. Um, so, yeah, do reach out and ask questions. And LinkedIn as well, actually, is a good one for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And also, hopefully, at the end of... If people have sort of spent their time on their dog, dog walk or their run or however they consume their podcasts, I think this has been a really good one to maybe ponder over some questions and get some good thoughts and some thinking. You know, neither of us are professing to be right no. all the while. Um, and actually, do you know what? I, I want to know when I'm wrong so that then there's an opportunity to sort of learn and do better. But um, I think one of the challenges I would maybe set to people is that if you have got a lot of dots down there, maybe what are the dots that you can maybe put on the shelf and so then start to connect the dots that really mean something to yeah. you? Yeah. I think, so, I think anyone who's listening really to good. the podcast is probably passionate about junior golf and, and that sort of side of things. So I think, yeah, make sure that anybody that you are working closely with is is on board with that and understands that and and i think that will go a long way to um to helping you with anything that you want to implement or uh, or get going in the future brilliant okay listen andrew thank you so no much for your it's been time great today. chatting yeah lovely. Speak to you right. soon, have a lovely day cheers bye cheers bye